Welcome to the Two Dumb Coaches, man. This is the Two Dumb Coaches podcast. Thank you for joining in. If you just listened to our radio uh, show, you know we were talking uh, Big 12 football. We're going to continue that trend on our podcast. Thank you so much. As always, my right-hand man, Joe Bling's with me. Let's get into the podcast, Joe. You, you doing good? I mean, we just left the studio. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing good. I'm still hanging in there. All right, that's all we can do. We're talking Big 12 football, okay? And we, Joe brought up something on the radio station talking about, for the, for the podcast, Joe, go ahead and ask me the question. For the listeners, you can ask them too. I've already answered it, but ask the question that you asked me on the radio show. Which one I asked quite a few Which uh, about one are the you about if you had a player Joe asked a question uh, if I had a, if I was a parent and I had a kid with an offer from Baylor oh, okay. uh, you know would would you go and you know my response to him was yes I would go and the 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 point is is I would actually allow that uh, player to go and I mean you know. When Matt Rule become Baylor's coach, he already made it, and this is what I was trying to explain to you, he already made it a point to change the the entire program uh, from what it was. You know what I mean? From the Art Briles era, he wanted that to change. I, I, I understand what you're saying, um, but my, my biggest concern would be you know the sanctions are coming soon, and the kids are the kids are going to get punished. And if the kid that had nothing to do with all the sanctions and violations that went on, why are they the one that getting punished? Does that make any sense? Oh, one hundred percent. You know, whenever you know, whenever you have um, when you have that those type of sanctions coming, and, and, but the problem is, is education. Uh, number one, and then the possibility of going to the NFL. You know that the sanctions are coming. The kids are still going to go there. They might have been not recruited by Texas or Texas Tech or whoever it may be, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. I still think what he brings and what he is going to bring, I mean, you know, his his demeanor is going to be a pro-style set. They're going to still run a lot of spread. Um, and, and, and I don't know, man, I still would allow that because, you know, education is number one. I, I, I understand that. And I, I agree with education being number one. Now I have another question for you with Matt rule being the new coach at Baylor. And he's pretty much a well-liked coach amongst the NCAA circles. Do you think his punish the Baylor's punishment would not be as tough as it normally would be because of him what are you talking about if it if it was him alone i'm sorry i can't no I, was... I didn't hear what you're saying okay i i didn't hear i didn't hear what you said either go ahead i say being that matt rule is the new coach of baylor right do you think do you think the sanctions are going to be less than what they would normally be because he's looked upon as a good coach and runs a good program um i believe so uh i i mean you know it, it, 
his his the the different uh sorry about that if you heard that in the background the difference between the coaches and 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 all this is you know um you can't judge everybody what one coach did and i know that that's human nature i get it uh but you just can't do it you know what i mean i mean you can't blame him for what art briles did you know what i mean you have to give everybody a different chance uh, you have to, you know, just like Charlie Strong leaving Texas, and I know it's a different set of circumstances, I get it, but the fit might be different somewhere else. You know what I mean? Just because one person, now, and I'm not saying give Art Briles another chance, even though he will get one in the future, um, but what he did and, and, and the stuff that he was, you know, what he did at, at Baylor while he was there, you know, you just can't run a program that way. But you can't also judge everybody by what one person does as well. I mean, I, I think the boosters probably overlooked their shortcomings or the problems in the program because they were winning. They were right. selling out games and they were bringing in a lot of money to the school. And the Baylor alumni was happy. We'll see. Let let let's let's get into Baylor a little bit. You know, whenever he become the head coach, I mean, the sexual assault issues that was prevalent in that program. You know, Matt Rule came in there. He wants the team to be more physical, more aggressive. You know, they're still gonna run a little spread. You know what I mean? But he brings. He's a defensive minded coach. Um. I believe he still should be a, he he will have these Baylor Bears ready to play. They might get 7 wins. Their schedule is not very to help them right now. I don't think they compete this year. Uh Zach Smith's going to be their quarterback. They're still going to have talent on the outside. You know, you said it, you know, they might actually might have a playbook this year instead of drawing stuff in the dirt like like in the past where they just go deep every, you know, whatever. <laughs> Uh, you know, they, they, they scored 522.7 points a game in 2016, gave up, you know, 430. You know, they, the, you know, you said, we said it on the radio, Big 12 always, you know, they're, they're top 10 in offenses, but they're top, you know, 60 to a top 100 or, you know, 50 to 100 in defense. And that's just not how you win football games. It's not in, I mean, I can see Baylor under Matt Rule if he comes with the mentality that they had at Temple. I can see Baylor's defense getting a lot better within the next three years. Oh, especially with Phil Snow there. You know he runs that four three, and 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 you basically said uh, 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 they he they want to be physical, and you 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 brought up something at the station where you were talking about a blitz package. Phil Snow's one of those guys that likes to blitz, blitz, blitz. Uh, even during the spring, I don't know if you caught their spring game. Uh, I was listening to an interview that he did, and they were talking about during the spring they were doing more one-on-one -on -one drills with the corners, with linebackers lined up on a running back. They want to punish these receivers whenever they play defense and not allow a free release off the you know off the line of scrimmage. And that's one good thing. You even taught that you know whenever we we coach football, you don't want to free release a lot of people. You know what I mean? No, because a lot of offenses, they're built on timing and precision, and you want to try to reroute them to throw off that timing to make the quarterback hold the ball that extra second before he gets rid of, gives your defensive lineman that extra second to get there. Now, the next thing would be 
will they have the talent and the skills to get there from the defensive line standpoint? Or will they have to blitz out the secondary or the linebackers? You know, they're they're gonna have to do something defensively because with the you know, the the offensive line is not there and their secondary is still young. I believe that um uh Henry Black was their starting safety last year, if I'm not mistaken. He comes back, so you might have something there, play press with something over the top with the safeties uh, to, 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 to gain a little bit more turnover margin for you. They ranked, what, 97, 98 in the league last year. They didn't get – they were minus five or six, whatever it may be. I know I read it somewhere. But you have to create these turnovers. You have to, to create more chances. And, and, and Rule and Phil Snow, they're, they're going to come up with a scheme for that. You know, he was at Temple. And, yeah, we talk about Temple – but they still, you know, they still got young talent in that league. They were still a good defense with higher quality players. Can they have a defense that, you know, I know they're going to be young. Uh, how do they react? You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think um, I think it shouldn't be hard for the kids to want to buy into the program, but for them to actually buy into the program and then the first sign of adversity, what do you do? Do you continue to stay the course or do you go back to your old ways? Yeah, that, that's that going to be his biggest test. That's probably going to be the biggest question. Yeah, you're right. Uh, we're going to take a little bit of break right here on the Two Dumb Coaches podcast. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Let's let's change gears real quick, Joe. Let's talk about um, and and you brought up uh, this team on the radio. You were talking about Texas Tech. You were talking about how you really liked what they're doing. I don't like talking about coaches on the hot seat. I think Cliff Kingsbury is one of those coaches that could be on the hot seat. No, I don't. I don't think he's going to be on the hot seat for the simple fact that. I mean, they, they, they probably give him a couple more years to try to get the wins, but the excitement around Texas Tech football is there. So he has brought excitement to it, which brings fans to the game, which for some schools is the bottom dollar. I don't think Texas Tech ever plans on competing for a national championship, but as long as they keep people interested in their games and they keep producing revenue, I think they'll be happy with the outcome. You know, he's 24 and 26 in four years. Cliff King, uh, Clinsbury, or Kingsbury. Why do I, thinking about that, that uh, Cl uh, what was that something, Clinsbury? Anyway, Cliff Kingsbury is the head coach. Um, probably the second best name is in, 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 um, in, um, in football, their wide receiver, Kiki Kute. This dude is nasty. Uh, Nick Sh uh, Shaman Shamanek is actually going to take the place of Mahomes. Um, can what we seen him play last year? Um, he, you know, with yeah, Mahomes leaving, yeah, he, you know, with Mahomes leaving for the NFL, now Shamanek gets his chance, and he's got Cote back on the on the outside. 
Uh, they also have, uh, what is it, Derek Wheelies, I think his name is. Another talented wide receiver. Yes. Um, or no, is it is it Willie's or Cantrell? I can't remember. I think it's Cantrell. That that's just a flat out I mean, monster. Both, both ahead, of bro. them, both of them have, both of them have good size. You have Cantrell that's six three two twenty, and Derek Willie's that's six four two ten. That's a so, big. I mean, receiver. they both have, they both have good size. I mean, is they're just gonna have to define their route running, and they're gonna have to, I think. They're gonna to have to make more plays compared to last year, where Pat Mahomes made most of the plays. You know, in their four wide receiver set, they have a slot H and a slot Y. I like that set too. You know, to go along with the uh, the X and the Z. Um, they 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 basically you know the H can be a halfback, the Y can be a tight end, but they just flat out run it as a receiver, and I love it. Um, I love that aspect of uh, of uh, Kingsbury's offense. They actually move Kute from the H to the Y to actually be more prevalent and more prominent in the offense. You're going to probably see a lot of motion, probably a lot of jets with him. Um, he's just going to be he's going to be unbelievable. Um, if you look at their offensive rank, it's 564.5, number one. But what do you think their defense was? <laughs> probably oh, dead last. 128. They gave up 554.4 yards. If you look at the defense, the defensive coordinator, David Gibbs, I mean, they got to do something. You, you know, you're never going to vie for a Big 12 championship or even getting to anything without playing defense. You know what I mean? I mean, with Dorsey at safety, Tony Jones at linebacker, they have to find – and this is one of those teams, Joe, that would actually go into what you were talking about. What percentage do you blitz on any given down? Whatever it may be, first and ten, second and eight, second and three. What do you do? You know what I mean? I mean, in in a in a passing league like the Big Twelve, I will probably have a bad tendency to where I will blitz on first down, probably seventy five percent of the time. I will be blitzing on first down because you know majority of the time it's going to be a pass. So I will I will try to blitz on majority seventy five percent of the first down I would blitz if I was Texas Tech defensive coordinator. You 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 know you could come up with something whenever you know a, a big thing with um with defense is having a big front right just a, a you know a, a big nasty front with KJ Smith he was uh, all Big Twelve six two two sixty he's a senior coming back right. Uh, Ira Lewis is another defensive tackle that was there last year. You have a new front in uh, Tyrone Hunt and Xavier Jones. They're they're new from another defensive tackle on the defensive inside. They have to be able to get to the quarterback. And if they run a solid 4-3, you have to come with something. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got exactly what you're saying. And like how you say you got to have the big, solid defensive lineman. I think if that's the route you got, you want to go, then you got to have all your defensive linemen like that. Or if you want to have the more athletic defensive linemen, then you got to have them all like that for a simple fact of your schemes, like your stunts or whatever. If you got an athletic one, athletic defensive end and a not and a big slow defensive tackle, the stunt is not going to work majority of the time. 
because one is going to be quicker than the other one instead of one freeing up the other one. Right, yeah, you're just talking about in sync, right? You just, just yes. you you have to have that in sync from if you're what depending if you're going to the A gap or B gap, who's going with them? Is it a linebacker? Is it another DN? What are you are you going to scissor off that? I mean, there's there's a plethora of things that you can do. There's two more teams: Iowa State, Kansas. Uh, these two teams, uh, you know, with uh, David Beatty, I think is is at Kansas. I'm not, yeah, yeah, David Beatty. You know, they got ten returning. Iowa State uh, is Matt Campbell. You know, th- this Iowa State team hasn't won more than three games in any of, of the past four seasons. I, I, you know, I, I pretty, they should be able to at least try to get to that bowl contention. Alan Lazard is a guy to watch out for at wide receiver. You know, he's a 6'5", 223, he's a senior. Uh, Jacob Park throwing the ball, he can throw, he can run. I mean, my thing is, uh, you know, these, and we're going to talk about this here in a minute, um, you know, the Iowa State offense is another one of those teams in the Big 12 where you sit back and you see all these talented receivers and you see all these talented quarterbacks. But yet, if you look on the defensive side, you know, they're returning um, they're returning seven defensive starters. That's why I'm calling for these guys, right? The Iowa State to make a bowl. You know, they lost a blowout to West Virginia last year. Uh, they beat Texas Tech, uh, stopped that offense. Uh, they they beat Texas. They lost to Oklahoma by ten. You know they're in some ball games, and if they could come out on top, they only lost to Oklahoma State by six points or seven points, I think. Okay. Yeah, what seven was, points. What was the score in that game? Uh, like thirty-eight, thirty-one. Okay, another wild shootout. But my yeah. thing with with the returning players on defense, if you are returning players that's not really good, then that's not a factor. To right. I can't hear you, Joe. Your your phone or something. It, it just went out. I don't know. Yeah, it's just it's probably your internet connection on your phone. I can hear you now, but I mean, let are you are you there? Are you back? Yeah, I'm I'm here. Okay. Can you uh, hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. But let's talk about okay, Kansas for a second. Do what? Really talk about Kansas? Yeah, I mean Are they're a basketball, basketball school. Yeah, they're a basketball school. They were <laughs> two and ten last year, one and eight in the Big Twelve. Um, I mean, Bender comes to Kansas after he 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 he. he this is Peyton Bender, and this is why I think that they might be able to do something. He was at Washington State under Mike Leach, right? So he's been able to. Uh, uh, throw the football. He understands passing routes. He's got the arm to do it. You know, I'm not saying, you know, they're they're a long way from competing for the Big 12. You know what I mean? They're a long way from competing. But, I mean, they got two wins last year. They beat Texas 24-21. Me and you lost that game. I don't know if you remember that whenever we picked it. I mean, you know, Kansas is a long, a long way away. Do you think their offensive line will hold up long enough to give the quarterback time? No, no. That's one of their that that's one of their definitely their weaknesses is the offensive line. 
they have no depth. I mean, even on the defensive line, I mean, you got, uh, you know, if you look at their defensive line, they have no depth at all. I mean, you look at their offensive line, you know, they have no experience uh, uh, in the secondary. Their offensive line is more experienced, but it's still young. I mean, it, it, compared to Oklahoma or Oklahoma State or, 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 or Texas offensive line, no, can't happen. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I see the same thing happening with them. Um, if I was the coach of Kansas, I was I will schedule more cupcakes than than like Ohio. I wouldn't play Ohio. I will I will schedule a lesser team like the Southeast Missouri. I probably wouldn't even schedule Central Michigan. Yeah, I wouldn't either. I was just actually looking at that game. I wouldn't have scheduled that game either. I mean, just for the simple and and meaning, just think about how low on the totem pole you got to be. You're in the Power Five Conference, and you are traveling to Ohio. Not Ohio State, but Ohio. Yeah, the green, green and white. Yeah. That's. I mean that that shows how low on the totem pole you are as a football program. Let's let's change the the aspect. Let's talk about. Um, let's talk about just the NFL talent that's in the Big Twelve. We'll start uh, with Mister uh, Orlando Brown. You know, the offensive tackle from Oklahoma. He's just a junior. He's 6'8". But the smart thing about this, Joe, is he came back to get his money to be a first-round pick. 6'8", 360. Yeah, because he – yeah, I mean, he didn't grade out too high, so he knew right. um, maybe if I come back for another year of schooling and I put a better game film out there, and then that will just – that will – Boost I want, up my stock because I want a lot of time kids are drafted on potential, right? Yeah, potential alone. Yeah, you're right. What were you about to say? This is who I want to watch out for, and I want, I want, I want to see. You remember what Ed Oliver did for Houston, right? I want you yes. to watch Malik Jefferson for Texas this year. He's a linebacker. He's a junior. This cat is athletic. And he brings the wood. Do you, I mean, he – I want to watch. You You turned me on to Ed Oliver last year. I'm going to turn you on to Malik Jefferson this year. If you watch Texas and you watch the Big 12, I want you to keep an eye out on this cat. Um, you know, that is another NFL talent. His IQ, his football IQ, this is different. Football IQ is through the roof. I mean, it, he, he should – he should have a, a good year because he should be able to run roam sideline to sideline because he has a lot of beef in front of him. Like you got Pono Ford Senior, who's 5'11", 303 pounds at nose. So that's a double team automatically. <laughs> Does he play – I wonder if he if, he, if he's going to stay uh, just a strictly zero technique this year, just being that I, big. I, I don't know. I I, I wouldn't have him as zero technique all the time. I would move him to the strong side occasionally, just just as like that surprise element to plug up to make you to force you double teaming, and that'll give your run your my linebackers free roam. 
I mean, kind of like Vince Wilford made his money in the NFL. Yes, um, Haloti Nada. Yeah, those big space eaters. You know, you can move them around on the defensive line, and they just eat, they eat up space. You know, you look you look at the the NFL talent uh, in the Big Twelve with Mason Rudolph at QB, James Washington, the wide receiver for Ohio State. I mean, just his speed, the way he jumps. Uh, Connor Williams is another offensive tackle from Texas. Jordan Thomas from Oklahoma. Uh, the kick returner, and we forgot to talk about him when we were talking on the radio station from TCU. This kid is dangerous. Uh, Cavante Turpin, uh, he's really, really small. You, you know, he uh, uh, Darren Sproles. Darren Sproles is a name that he he reminds me of. You, just his stature. You know what I mean? Now, one thing I can give the Big Twelve is they have a lot of athletes that if you get them out in space, they will make a lot of big plays for you. Now, the Big 12, they have a lot of those type of athletes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you look at some big dates coming up before before we get out of here for today's podcast. You look at September the 2nd, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Maryland at Texas. Uh, you got West Virginia, uh, Virginia Tech. That's going to be actually a good uh, a, a good a, a good game to watch. That's going to be a primetime game on September the third. The ninth is the rematch of TCU and Arkansas. We've already talked about that. Uh, Oklahoma uh, as well as Ohio State, and then the 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 Iowa and Iowa State game. The September 9th, to me is going to be a big day for the twelve uh, for the Big Twelve as well as September the sixteenth. Baylor at Duke, which is an ACC, Arizona State, Texas Tech. You remember that game last year? Offenses all over the field. They're going to score 100 points over and under 110, take the over. <laughs> I mean, that's just, that's just, you know, I mean, that's just, I mean, that's exactly how I feel. You know what I mean? You take the over on that, and you're just going to have to, you know, you just do it. Just do it. I mean, you take the over on that. I mean, Arizona State, we already talked about them, especially last year. Uh, the K-State-Vanderbilt game, we're going to talk about Vanderbilt. You didn't want to talk on the radio about that then. Um, and then the Texas at uh, USC, we're definitely going to see that. And then um, uh, didn't Pittsburgh, what What was the score? Do you still have it up? Last, did Pitt played o, uh, Oklahoma State late last year, but I think Oklahoma State pulled it out. Uh, but um, they pulled, you know, I guess Pip, didn't they force them to overtime? Um, I I don't know. I Let me, I'm trying to find it now. Yeah, I'll pull it up real quick. Yeah, they won 45 to 38. So, but it, they still, they still hung tough. The, 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 they had a big lead going in the half. I do know that. They had a big lead going in the half, and then Pittsburgh stormed back, but they ended up winning 45-38, which they, you know, they won it by eight. But that's going to be another game. They moved Bedlam earlier. You already talked about that on the regular season. I mean, if, 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 Joe, this year in the Big 12, it's going to be exciting offenses, but is there one of these teams that could possibly get to the, to the college football playoff? I think the only team that will possibly have a chance to get there would be Oklahoma, and I think they would have to run the table. If they have one or two losses, 
they are definitely out. But I think Oklahoma will have to run the table in order to get a chance to be in the college playoff series. I mean, even even if okay, let me ask you a question. If the Oklahoma State Cowboys, if they can actually, they were last year ten and three. If they 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 blew out Colorado, if they can run the table, um, I mean, you're looking at at their schedule. I mean, it, it's tough. They do play West Virginia away, Texas Tech away, Pitt away, but all their big boys, Baylor, Texas, Oklahoma, are all at home. If they can get those stops that you were talking about, you don't see them in the mix. I mean, I'm just I'm just not a big fan of Oklahoma State because they always find a way to lose a game that they should not lose. You got a good point there. What was it? The Central Michigan game last year. Yeah, they 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 always find a way to lose a game that they should not lose. Heck, hell, we can even talk about the Texas game last year. They shouldn't have lost that game. <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, they, and, they I got mean, those, a lot of hurdles. And see, that's why I can't put my trust in them because now if they play Oklahoma and that's their loss or say like West Virginia's having a good year and that's their loss, I can be okay with that. But when you lose to Texas that's having a terrible year and you lose games that you're not supposed to lose. And this doesn't just happen every now and then. This happens every year with Oklahoma State. That's why I can't put my trust in them. That's, that, that's why when you say Oklahoma, Oklahoma State is going to beat Oklahoma and win the Big 12, that's why I go with Oklahoma because I, I have a little bit more trust and faith in Oklahoma to win the big game. But then again, you're also having a, a, a faith in an Oklahoma team that was coached by Stoops. Now enter Lincoln Riley. I mean, they still got Mike Stoops there as the defensive coordinator, okay? Offensive coordinator, head coach Lincoln Riley now. I mean, you know, it's a different, it's a different animal. I Are think their there? offense okay. is going to be better. Yes, I think their offense is going to be better this year because both of the Stoops brothers, they're defensive-minded. So I think having Lincoln Riley in there will change the dynamic and the offense and make the offense just a little bit much better. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's going to have a lot on his plate, uh, but, but we, I mean, we see coaches do it all the time. I think Mike Gundy finally gets out of that. I think with the schedule favoring Oklahoma State, it, it, it all depends on who's going to get those stops, who's going to get those turnovers. You know, they were both in the plus against turnovers. They have to be able to turn over the opponent to get those wins. You know what I mean? They have to be able to finish the opponent finish him. in the fourth quarter, put their foot on their throats, and just actually get the W. Yeah, you, 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 you are absolutely correct. And I, I have a, a crazy question for you. If Oklahoma State somehow miraculously wins the Big 12, do you think they cut the mullet off? <laughs> no. <laughs> that would be pretty – I don't know. I bet you – I mean, you know, I bet you I bet you he's probably – They the players have probably come out with something. But, you know, with Gundy, I mean, that's his – you know, that is his – Niche. I mean, he has the mullet. You know, business in the front, party in the back. 
But I, I, I but wouldn't that be a little incentive for your players? Yeah, that could be. I mean, but they're going to need a whole hell of a lot of more incentive on the defensive side than just a mullet. You know what I mean? <laughs> He's just going to have to, 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 you know, run butt naked through bedlam. You know, I mean, he's just, they're going to have to do something. You know, the defensive side is where it stands. I mean, giving up 432 yards, you know, they're giving up 269, 162 uh, uh, yards a game uh, rushing, 269 passing for a total of 432 for Oklahoma. And then Oklahoma State, they're giving up, you know, defense, they're, they're 26.5, which is a little bit better than Oklahoma. 193 yards rushing that has to stop and the 252.8 for the for the passing the defensive side is what has to to, to get them you know what I mean and that that's kind of mind-boggling to me that you give up average almost 200 yards rushing in a league that really doesn't run the ball right as in right. amount of attempts so that means you give up a lot of big runs, a lot of explosive runs. Yeah, I mean, they, they're gutting people, and, I mean, that has to stop, you know. But, guys, I appreciate it. Joe, I appreciate you swinging by the podcast. Any last words for these people? No, just join us for the next podcast as we tackle more sports, more news. Yeah, we're going to continue our journey through the college football landscape. I can't I don't know who we're talking about. Probably the Big 10 next week. Uh join us um on our podcast at Two Dumb Coaches. You can find us on Twitter at Two Dumb Coaches Radio and on Facebook at Two Dumb Coaches Radio and on Twitter at Two Dumb Coaches. Joe, say goodbye to the people. We'll see you next week, guys, and uh whenever we're talking Big 10 football, Joe, take them out. Thank y'all for coming out. God bless you. Good night. And remember, folks, you're only as dumb as you portray.